Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. All right, here we go. This is Primetime Titans, a Let's new go. podcast we're starting out of straight up Titans talk, and we are really excited. Um, I'd love to introduce the crew. Um, this is John Garrett here. Uh, I am born and raised in Nashville, and big Titans fan, big Balls fan. Um, Definitely really excited to just get talking about it. And, uh, yeah, next up is John Pettit. Yep, and I'm John Pettit, like you just introduced. Uh, <laughs> I'm also from Nashville. I'm a, a Brentwood man instead of an NBA man. Um, diehard Titans, also Vols man, non-Auburn man like our boy Robert. Um, that's about all I got. So, Robert, you're up. Yep. What's up, guys? The third man of the primetime Titans trio, rounding us out, Robert Brown, born and bred, Nashville boy. Uh, excited to talk some Titans with uh, all of our fans out there today. Notice how he said born and bred, not born and raised. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Yeah, man, I've been, I've been bred <laughs> <laughs> in Nashville. That's what we're all about in Nashville. How could, how could I not know? You not know Nashville's known for their bread? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Shout out. Uh, yeah, so um, we uh, we just love to to get into it. We just um, we want to start a, uh, a podcast about the Titans. We just talk about the Titans a lot, and we thought that hey, let's just start recording ourselves. Um, and uh, we're super excited, and it's it's obviously coming at a time in the off season. Um, and with that uh, being said, with it being the off season. Clearly, a season just happened, and we would love to get into it and talk about it. So, um, real quick, I just want to get just kind of just a a two minute rundown on just what your thoughts were from the. Give me an an initial thought, just right off the bat, off the top of your head. Maybe even give a little. How did you feel after the the Ravens loss? Just give me some. I'm gonna go with Pettit first here. All right. Um, if I had one word to describe the season, I think I would describe it as conflicted. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we had a very historic offense that Tennessee has never seen before. It was very fun. It was very exciting. And to match it with the historically bad defense was disappointing and sad after the performance of the year before, how great they were. Overall, though, I mean, it was it was a really fun year. It was fun to watch them. It was fun to watch all the close games they had. It was a disappointing end, but I, I mean, I just kind of had that feeling that we weren't the team. I had a little bit more of the feeling that we were the team the year prior, but as the underdogs coming in, this one kind of, it was fun though. I, I don't know how to describe it other than fun. That's my best word to use here. Uh, fun and conflicted. Fun, like. <laughs> fun and conflicted, and I think we got some a future here. I think we have a chance to become medium market to a high, bigger market here as mm -hmm. a team. Well, I, I. I would say it's a good analogy I was thinking about before we did this pod is it's two sides of the same coin. On one side, 
we are coming from as a diehard Titans fan here who's been there through the Vince Young years through uh, Jake Locker Lo- Jake Locker obviously Mariota Hasselback Hasselback Fitzmagic Fitzmagic Rusty Smith <laughs> Rusty Smith Long Neck Rusty Alex Smith Alex Tanny <laughs> Oh my goodness um, Yeah being one yard short in the Super Bowl I mean you got a after that Super Bowl year we had that one year in 2008 with Chris Johnson like we we other than those years, we've been in the dwe- in the in the in the basement. We've been one of the one of the basement dwellers of the NFL. People know Jeff Fisher and what yeah. he's known for. Yeah, average just records. Being, you know, super mediocre there for so many years. Not being bad enough to get a top pick to have some real excitement. When you do get a top pick, you kind of flame out with Mariota, which I'm sure we'll get into a lot. A lot of conflicting opinions amongst this crew on Mariota, but um, so to with all that in perspective. The first side of the coin is AFC South champs. I mean, Finally. it's been a long time since we've been AFC South champs, and that feels really good. And at the same time, you look at the absolute bust that Isaiah Wilson was. You look at the terrible defense that Pettit talked about. You look at just these different things that you think you're going to build upon. You look at Clowney and Vic Beasley being – busts in free agency i remember being so excited when we got oh my gosh yeah he was the number one guy all off season i feel like i was refreshing twitter on a daily basis and it took him seven months it felt like to sign and i was just getting strung out but i was pretty excited about vic beasley as well i was like yeah he's gonna be a little underdog revive his career like Tannehill. we should have known clemson clemson edge we have not had any luck with clemson edge (laughs) edge rushers that's for sure kevin dodd comes to mind (laughs) Anyway, so that's why I say two sides of the same coin. I know it's a little bit longer than two minutes there, uh, JG, but um, mixed, yeah, mixed results. Happy with where we've been, mm-hmm. but also you you sit there and you feel like, and I think that's a good thing. You feel like there's more on the table. I think that yeah. shows where we are as an organization. That maybe, um, you know, previously last year we were just stoked to be in the playoffs, and we went on that run. But this year, and now up into 2021, we're we're kind of starting to expect some things, which yep. as Titans fans, maybe that means we're about to get let down really badly. Dangerous, dangerous area. I was, I was just about to say that, uh, the expectation aspect of it because of the run that we made to the AFC Championship. So, I mean, I would say my initial thoughts, um, well, really right after the Ravens game, I was, I was upset mainly because I was definitely a little hurt from the game. So all the reactions from the Ravens, them stomping on oh, the logo, yeah. I not shaking hands. And I mean, I remember seeing Marcus Peters literally telling someone to not shake one of, our, I think it was a special, like a long snapper or something for one of their, for, for the Ravens. And I, I was very mad, but at the same time, I, I kind of knew it was coming. I remember I told y'all multiple times throughout the year. And it's funny that I felt this way. I, I actually felt this way against the Ravens in the regular season in that game. I know we won it, but I felt like after I watched that game that we just we just weren't going to do it. It just was not going to be the year. Uh, I guess you could argue the same thing the year before when we actually did make the run, that there were times throughout the year where you thought we weren't going to do it. But I just – it was just different. I don't know. I just thought we, we weren't going to do it. Games like the Vikings game where, I mean, you saw the Vikings didn't – I mean, they, they kind of made a little push there at the end for the playoffs, but 
they weren't as great. We relied on Guskowski the whole time for all those field goals, like the entire game. Uh, the first half against the Steelers, you have just a dud against the Bengals. Uh, the Packers game, we're thinking, sweet, Sunday night football. We're playing the Packers. Let's find out if we're legit. And I know with the snow and that ref call with Aaron Jones on the sideline, just missing it, whatever. It just, I just didn't feel it. And I think the the big, the, also the the big thing that I saw, the two games that we went down to the wire with the Houston Texans. I mean, I know the Texans don't like us, but, and I know Deshaun Watson is great and he was making great plays that game, but both those games, but I just, I just felt that there were games where I just saw this Titans team, especially because of the defense and we just weren't going to do it. Um, so yeah, those are our initial thoughts on the year. And I think really, I think a lot of Titans fans, have, you know, listening are probably thinking the same thing. Uh, the frustration that came with these Titans was just ridiculous. Um, so with that, we actually were going to do a Real little quick, bit of – before you move on there, because yeah. we're fantasy football guys in here. That Vikings game was Justin Jefferson's come-out party. It was. And I didn't put a very high bid in for him on my waiver because I thought <laughs> the Titans' defense was so bad. He's not going to do didn't this matter. again. Like, we just were – but then he became one of the best – I think he's one of the had one of the best rookie seasons of all time in terms of yardage. He's definitely up there. I thought the same thing was going to happen with uh, Michael Pittman. I thought he had a little <laughs> breakout game against us as well. And Michael I was like, Pittman. everybody got so hyped on him, and I was like, oh man, two breakout wide receivers against. While the we're Titans. on, while we're on a uh, fantasy and Colts players, Robert, how do you feel about old Jordan Wilkins over there? Man, and, uh, the movie made for is, him. Uh, that is a sore subject. <laughs> I went all in on Jordan Wilkins late in the season, and he did not. Uh, he did not work out for me too maybe, well. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe didn't didn't work out great. Um, yeah, we, Ole Miss guy. Yeah, and he's Memphis. from Memphis guy. Yeah, I believe he went to Saint Benedict. Saint Benedict, that's right. That's yeah. right. But as y'all know, this is primetime Titans. <laughs> this is not this Saint Benedict Titans. This isn't Saint Benedict. <laughs> this isn't primetime Saint Benedict. But we will get a little high school football. We will in get there a little then, fantasy we football. We love high school football in the state of Tennessee. Absolutely. And uh, uh, fantasy football. Look out next year for a NBA CPA matchup. NBA's Marcel finally playing CPA. They've been running for a long, long time, but they've finally decided they're gonna they're gonna play the, the Engel Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is alma, the alma mater? Is yeah, gonna, gonna yeah. go at it. Wait, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm excited. Um, but you yeah, can't so tell I'm a CPA alum and JG's a NBA <laughs> alum, so we have a little rivalry going. There. And as Pettit said, he's he's Brentwood Brentwood he High School. Get it. Yeah, it's a public school thing. <laughs> Wouldn't get it, I guess. But yeah, so there's a little bit of a a little bit of Nashville local news, I guess, uh, if if you will. But we actually we were thinking we would kind of go over some superlatives uh, for the year, and I think Pettit uh, is gonna going to lead us into that and uh we'll just kind of discuss what what we're thinking with this we'll do a little we'll do a little game here kind of ask you to some questions and see how you guys' answers compare to each other <laughs> so uh we're going to do some superlatives on last year's performance based on uh either players games or plays i guess really so let's start with the first one on the spot we haven't even on, talked about this. on the spot so the first one i'm going to say is what is your most memorable play not necessarily your favorite but your most memorable play of last season memorable play it's tied between both of derrick henry's stiff arms all over angry runs on good morning football 
Pettit's a big Angry Guns guy, as am I. And a good morning football man. I love him. <laughs> he loves him. I don't know. I, I just right away, I think of A.J. Brown, which I say A.J. Brown, and y'all are probably like, okay, well, which one? Because he, he literally has done so much, and I'm so happy that we have him on our team. But his touchdown against the Ravens, where he broke like five or six tackles, that was also, I believe, an angry run uh, contestant, yep. if you will. We might he have won. the most physical skill players in the NFL. I when mean, you really break it down. Yeah, and you could throw Tannehill in there. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not the afraid to. He's not afraid to to truck someone. And maybe fall on his knee a little bit. N- yeah. And if Corey could catch the ball when it mattered, I'd throw him in there too. And we will get to Corey Davis later <laughs> for sure. We will definitely address Corey Davis. Um, but yeah, I would say AJ Brown, the the just a bunch of broken tackles, scored that touchdown, huge play in the Ravens game, right away. Just on you know first thought, I would say that that play. All right, those are some good answers. Um, next question I got, kind of going out of order, kind of throw you guys off a little bit. Not that you guys have seen the questions or anything, but who was your most underrated player of the season for Ooh. Titans? All right, I've got I. I don't know if this is going to be a hot take or not, but it's it's not one of our stars. Ben Jones, all right? And here's why I say this. The guy performed at an all-pro level. I mean, I, I know we got the stars, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Tannehill, but Ben Jones, he's been the leader of that offensive line. You lose Lawan early in the year to an ACL. He's out for the season. Then your right tackle that you picked to eventually ideally start out of camp and to play, you know, replace Dennis Kelly, he's gone. <laughs> and so now you've got Ben Jones, the leader of that line, trying to hold everything together. Um, play Just had an absolutely outstanding year, and he's on a really team-friendly contract. I was listening yeah. to something the other day where people were trying to talk, talking about um, players we could cut, and, and they mentioned Ben Jones. And no I think way. that would be the worst decision, wor- one of the worst players we could cut because he's on a very team-friendly deal for how well he's performing. So – I don't think he gets a lot of credit, but I think he's a he's a locker room guy. I think he's a leader. I think he's a glue guy. He's a, he's in the trenches. I mean, you got to love his pregame routine too. You've seen that, right? I don't know that I've seen his pregame routine. What is it? He he will go out onto the field barefoot. Oh yes, no matter yes. the weather, no matter the temperature. Isn't that for there. his 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 brother? I think I'm it's not sure for the reason. Yeah, now he did that. It came. He gets a couple became, guys to do it with him too. Every every game. It usually. became public knowledge, or someone wrote a story about it when he did it at Lambeau in the yeah, snow. When it was snowing. And I think I remember something like it's for his brother or something yeah. like that. I think you're right. It, yeah. My answer is Ben Jones on that one. Also, a honorable shout out to Nate Davis too. Okay, I was thinking Nate Davis. Great year. And great year, and which is funny because when he was a rookie, I remember. I I I never really notice uh, the offensive lineman right away, like people were noticing Nate Davis at the start of his rookie year. But talk about a guy who's he's really come on strong, which yeah. is huge. Another incredible asset from the 2019 draft class. Yes. Um. Yeah, I would say, man, I think this is a player that it. it it kind of hurts for me to say it um, because I'm not sure if he's going to be a Titan next year. Uh, and he also, he got injured and I'm sure y'all can maybe guess by now, but Jayon Brown. And I don't know if he necessarily had that like impactful 
of a year as he did the year before. But he is – I mean, I feel like he's been underrated the entire time he's been at Titan. And we'll see if we uh, if we make a move and try to Let keep him. Let me ask him. you a question about that, though. Did you, do you still feel like that after how well – David Long played when he when he filled in. Yeah, and I figured you were coming with that. Um, a big David Long guy. Two I know you're a big David players, Long guy. Two very likable players. Two very likable players for sure. Because um, when I when David Long is on the field, you notice him. Jayon Brown, you don't necessarily notice him unless you're looking for him. I mean, he had some big plays like in 2018 or night whenever it was when we played the Colts. The Colts, yeah. And well, he, he also to, he, go to, the, to go to the playoffs when we lost because Mario decided did. that he wasn't going to play. The Raiders yeah. game. That's when I was out on Mariota. Yeah. For anyone who wants to know. <laughs> Jalen Brown also, I mean, it didn't count, but he had the pick against the Bengals at the end. It didn't count, but mm. he was there. Yeah. Why did that get called back? Defensive holding? Pass no pass. Oh, man. Was more and they the didn't call the one. That was when Humphreys got hurt, right? Yeah. Yep. I was and at that just game. Got, oh, my. That was one of the most blatant pass interference calls I've ever seen when Hump got concussed. I mean, at least give me a targeting or, or just. RIP for Hump in two different ways. That ended his. Essentially, that hit for those of you who didn't see it he just got helmet to helmet clearly the defensive player was launching right into him knocked him straight out i mean stiff as a board no flag and he never did he ever play again yeah he Titans? did he actually did he uh he played in the browns game and he had a it was like a th- it was a third or fourth down he, did, he he ran a slant it was in we were trying to come back against the browns and Tannehill threw it to him and he like caught it at first and then just dropped it it went in the air and the browns picked I it off it, i think it went off his face mask if i remember correctly yeah i think you might be right i think it went straight into i just know that i thought when, i don't think he went back into the game because they're like this guy's yeah. still this concussed guy, i thought to myself this well. is not adam humphreys yeah adam humphreys is the guy that's going to catch that ball and get the first down that's a guy if you remember back to his free agency it was us and the patriots in yep. a bidding war and he commits to John Robinson for whatever his cap number was, like nine and a half million a year. And then Belichick comes back like two hours later and says, "All right, I'll give you ten, maybe it's ten and a half." And Humphreys said, "I've already given John Robinson and the Titans my word. Yep, I'm going to stick with them." And he left whether what it was half a million, a million dollars a year on the table, which I you got to respect. That. You got, I mean, that's a guy you just root for. Hate to see him go out. I mean, he was injured. I think like. 16 of the 32 games he was with us for. I mean, most memorable Adam Humphreys play is the touchdown against the Chiefs in the regular season oh, that definitely. tied up. Or I guess we that we went ahead on that play. Which started our run last year. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And that also was the last loss that the Chiefs had the rest of the year. To, no, I guess the Super Bowl, but yeah. What, since, and they, yeah, and since they, they won. That was two years ago they won the Super Bowl. Well, no, I know. Yeah. I meant besides the Super Bowl, their last loss was – you know, no, I lost, guess they lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Chargers. Lost yeah, to the Chargers. They, yeah. So we just got on a random like respect Adam Humphreys <laughs> because he just got released. <laughs> Which I guess that's our the team that's our tribute. Year. That's our tribute yeah. to Adam Humphreys. Yeah, that's a little a little tribute to Adam Humphreys. And I'm for that. You know, he he told that one story about when he first came to the Titans. He'd walk around wherever he was, and people were like, "What do you do for a living?" He's like, "Oh, I'm an NFL wide receiver." And like, "Nah, nah <laughs> no, you're not." <laughs> He's like, "No, I am. <laughs> I promise." I always I always wanted to be. And Adam Humphreys, and uh, it uh, and here I am recording this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Talking about it. All right, we're gonna reel you guys back in. All right, next question I got for you guys: What was your favorite touchdown of the season? Hmm. Ooh. Man. 
Okay, this... I would probably say... I'm a huge, huge... I'm a big A.J. Brown fan. I, I love... I, I feel like I always wanted the Titans to get the kind of receiver that A.J. Brown is. And um, I would probably say the long touchdown he had against the Colts the second game where he just took – and the funny thing was I was upstairs in my room and Pettit and our good friend Chance Meyer – shout out Chance Meyer – Y'all were downstairs going crazy, and I was upstairs. I went upstairs real quick, and I thought to myself, what is happening? And so that that's saying something, that my favorite play is one that I didn't actually experience <laughs> live. That's my favorite play, though. I, I absolutely love A.J. Brown and the kind of ability that he has to take. Literally, he could take a three-yard slant all the way. So that that's my answer. Um, I feel like there's so I feel like I'd have to go through a lot of a lot of uh, game film or at least all of our touchdowns so I could really answer this question accurately. But um, hard not to go with his 95 or Derrick Henry's 94 yard touchdown run against the uh, Texans. Where yep. He just absolutely runs away from Zach Cunningham, one of the fastest uh, inside linebackers in the NFL. Vandy guy, Commodore. Uh, yep, anchor down. Um, no. <laughs> So that that would be my, but again, I, I mean, like, there's so many. The AJ Brown that we already talked about with the Ravens comes to mind, where he mm-hmm. just runs through Marcus Peters. Um, His against the Steelers, that game we were getting oh, well, slaughtered. Oh, we were getting slaughtered. Then he just catches that slant and takes it. To the, I was really. That exciting. is a great point. He, t- I mean, that turned the game. Turned the game almost. Not that who we was, won. Who but scored the, the last touchdown against the Texans? The last game of the season to give us the A. I mean, we had obviously you had the uh, the doink by Sam Sloman. Sla- Sam Sloman <laughs> signed off the practice squad. Miami of Ohio, right? Field goal at the end, doinks it. He in. might be most underrated player of the year. He <laughs> might be. He won us the AFC South championship, man. He did. The devil doink. Uh, um, I can't he, remember who had the last touchdown in that game. Was I want to say, was it uh, Pruitt? Did, did Michael Pruitt catch a pass? I can't believe. The I want to say it was like a. Tannehill rushing touchdown. I think you might be right. Maybe yeah. a read option. Which, by the at the end of the year, if you were watching the Titans and you saw him line up in that shotgun, three three receivers to one side, single receiver to the left, Derrick Henry on his left hand, if and it was like third and two, third and five, third and five. I mean, we call we could call it every time they were running the read option, and Tannehill is going to keep it. I don't know what these defenses thought was going to happen, <laughs> but they just let him. Tannehill's a beast. 10, 15 yards every time. But, yeah, I would say the 94-yard touchdown run by Derrick Henry against the Texans, game one, the first game against the Texans. Yeah. When he just – it shows his vision, cutback, strength, speed. I mean, about I, uh, as impressive as it gets. I wanted to I wanted to look and see if, if, uh, if we were right, and it was a Ryan Tannehill five-yard run. Read option probably, that, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Probably a walk-in. Yeah. Um, all right, next question I got for you guys. A little bit more uh, serious. Who was your most disappointed player? Can we say Isaiah Wilson or are we saying other than I Isaiah mean, Wilson? let's just – besides <laughs> Isaiah Wilson, I, I guess. Obviously, because take you – know. Let's take out Vic Beasley, Javion <laughs> yeah. Clowney, and Isaiah Wilson, and who was your most let's disappointed do, let's player? Let's do this. Most disappointing player who was not on – who was on the team the year who before. Who played more than – 
four snaps. Well, just who was on the team in, in the previous year. So, like, who actually tried. Yeah, well, you could say Vic Beasley. You could say Jadavian Clowney. You could say Isaiah Wilson. But those were guys with, like, the expectations that we didn't really see with the Titans. For me, it would be Kevin Byard. Yeah, that's a good one. Just because I felt like he struggled. Just plain and simple. I think he just – he struggled and – Would it surprise you to know that he had the most tackles on the team? It wouldn't surprise me. And uh way to make me look bad. <laughs> no, no I'm, I, I, I just – throwing that out there that he's never led the team in tackles and this was his first year leading the team in tackles. That doesn't necessarily mean performance That's true. was a high level. That's true, yeah. Um, well, I mean, and you could also – I guess you could say that just shows how bad our defense was that – my most disappointing player was the leading tackler. <laughs> so you never know. Robert, do you have anyone in mind? So I think this is cheating a little bit, so I'll pick a second guy, but a Dory Jackson would be one that would be in the mix too. Yeah. Um, obviously disappointed that he's hurt for pretty much the whole season. You're disappointed Taylor Lewan is hurt for the whole season. I mean, so right now we've got five guys that we've already mentioned that we've basically said, okay, they're not options for you to say because they're so clearly disappointed disappointment yeah and we were we had all pl- like, got a pain before the season <laughs> yeah. we were we were planning to rely on them which mm-hmm. just show again kind of shows you the fact that we won the afc south championship with five of your top you know 12 players before the season that you're relying on not playing i mean there's a lot to be said there um but again i'll pick another guy and he we have had problems at this position for the last two years uh and I'll go Steven Gostowski. Um, I mean, how many how many games would we have won if we had a kicker who was just average in the last two years? And I know Gostowski, he's, uh, what, you know, first I mean, ballot Hall of Famer yeah. probably. Um, Justin Tucker, well, I think of Adam Vinatieri, Justin Tucker, and Gostowski probably yeah. as like the top kickers of all time. Yeah. Um, Obviously – Based on my age, so who was the Gary Anderson, the one bar, forty-five-year-old uh, <laughs> kicker that we had there yeah. for a little bit, but he's probably in there too. <laughs> anyway, Guskowski, you just when you have a guy at the kicker position who doesn't deliver, and he would deliver in big moments, like he would hang on there, he would hit a game winner. I mean, he won us the Jacksonville Jaguars game. He won us the Vikings game. But how many kicks he, did he, he got miss? the the Broncos game? But yeah, but he also the missed Steelers like three or four field the goals. Steelers the Steelers game we could have gone to overtime. He missed a total of eight known. field goals last year. Well, what, read off his stats. What was it? What eight? Uh, how many did he attempt? He went eighteen for twenty six. Okay, and see, I don't know. I think he got better as the year and went on. And I mean, just real quick, that shows PATs. that does show we are a good red zone team. Yeah, we're one of the. I think the. I know we were really good the year before. I don't think we were as good this past year as we were the previous year. There were some people calling for Goskowski to be cut halfway through the year because they they were – I think there was a little bit of a Ryan suck-up hangover where you're like, okay, suck-up destroyed his leg and wasn't any good last year, so we let him go and bring in a couple of guys off the street, and they just don't do well at all. So we bring in Goskowski, and uh, he's already starting to struggle. Let's go ahead and cut him and bring in somebody and else. And it, it hurt that much more that you saw Suckup go win to the Buccaneers, Bowl. win a Super Bowl, and do pretty well. So Suckup went one for six the year prior, and he went 24 for 25 in PATs. Uh, Santos went four for nine. Cody Parkey went three for three. Greg Joseph went zero for zero. Yeah, Cody Parkey was a guy who came in and hit 
those three field goals and you think, all right, maybe he sticks with us. But I don't think he'll ever get over the double-doink Chicago Bears playoff. Yep. I mean, he'll just know. I don't think we'll ever put that past him. Former um, Auburn Tiger. He is a former Auburn Tiger. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so um, let's do let's do one more. All right. Um, this one will be interesting. I'm kind of curious what you guys have to say. Most improved player from the year prior. Mm. Mm. All right, I got one right here. I think I'm about go to say JG's Thunder. No, go for it. I, this is a guy. This I is, honestly, this is a guy I've heard JG talk about quite a few times. Oh gosh, Corey Davis. Oh, CD84. <laughs> I was unfortunately on a daggum roller coaster with Corey Davis all year. <laughs> he won't be with us uh, this year in, yep. in all likelihood. I mean, I don't know. I, so the stuff that I've heard on Corey Davis, I, I think he's he was really pissed off when we didn't pick up his fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Um, Which rightfully so. R- rightfully so that he should be pissed, and rightfully so that be thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> and rightfully so. So rightfully so that we didn't pick it up because he was not performing like a top yeah, five fair, pick. Completely fair. Um, and for those of you who don't know, first round draft picks, you get four years guaranteed on your rookie contract. Then the team has their has an option to pick up the fifth year, but they have to make that decision before um, at, at, in the off season of the fourth year. So you have basically eighteen months before their cut or before their contract runs out that you have to make a decision now. So and we con- we picked up we picked Adore up a Jackson's, yeah. who was a first round pick in that and same didn't draft. Corey Davis's hindsight twenty twenty would have been nice to pick his up. Well, I mean, maybe. we but the reason why we didn't pick him up is because we weren't going to want to pay him. Yeah, well, I, and I'm, we wouldn't have. We're in a spot right now where we eventually could sign him, but also we don't know if we want to sign him. Yeah, so it's going to depend on what the market demands for him. And this year, we're going to get into some of this free agency stuff here in a little bit, and talking about how weird this year is going to be with that cap, with the cap lowering, and some of the veterans that are going to be on the market. But back to your question, he finally put some games together this year where you think, okay, I see the talent. I mean, he He was number five overall. Yeah, we could have. I remember at the time we could have had Jamal Adams. I know we had just gotten Kevin Byard. And he was doing really well, but I remember being specifically mad that we didn't get Jamal Adams. And Corey, you know, there's some guy, there's some people who will say that's one of John Robinson's worst draft picks that he's had as a Titan. And well, I don't think he said, "Hold my beer this year." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Right. I don't think uh, he to me because he's not an absolute bust like we've like we've seen is capable in the first round. Um, but he was for five years. He was a legit number two wide receiver. Now for three of those five years, we didn't have a number one, so he was playing out of position. But as soon as AJ Brown caught fire in the second half of two, of, of the uh, 2019 season, you started to see Corey Davis playing a position he wasn't going against the number one corners, and then he was hurt uh, a lot the year before. And so this year he was finally healthy, going against. Um, Le- you know, he wasn't – A.J. Brown was getting the defense's attention, and he started to ball out a little bit. I mean, well, he and, some I mean yard re- you think games. about the Broncos game where A.J. Brown was hurt, and Corey Davis had a good game that game with A.J. Brown out. My, my last Corey Davis little bit here, and then I'll pass it to you, J.G. He was a guy before the last three games of the season, playoff game included, I thought we got to re-sign Corey. But then towards the end, he had some really – I mean, in that Texans game, he had some key drops. We had a chance to have 
a 2,000-yard rusher and, and two 1,000-yard receivers. Yeah. A.J. Brown got there, and that's never been do- done before in the history of the NFL. A.J. Brown got there as a 1,000-yard receiver. Derrick Henry obviously got there as a 2,000-yard rusher. But Corey Davis drops four or five passes that hit him right in the hands. That he, he would have had it. He, he would have had definitely it. would have had it. Prior, I think he had zero catches. Yeah, he just laid an absolute dud in those last two games and then just looked like he was completely overmatched against uh, Marlon Humphrey speaking and of, Marcus Peters. Speaking of fantasy football, Raiders, too, I'm sure that fantasy football owners of Corey Davis were – Pleasantly surprised throughout the year, but every now and then, I think the Bears game, he had zero catches for zero yards, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would go most improved. I'm just I'm just getting myself sad over here because I'd probably say Malcolm Butler. And mm-hmm. he was a – he honestly was a beast. And Reese. I know people have said – like I know this – so just for reference, as of yesterday – um, we're filming this podcast as of and as of yesterday, Malcolm Butler was released. We're um, filming this podcast on March 10th, and he was released on the 9th. That was a very uh, a lot easier way of explaining it. Uh, <laughs> that I really I'm th- I thank you for that because I was struggling there. But um, yeah, I, w- I would say Malcolm Butler uh, mainly not necessarily I guess throughout the year, but probably because of what he did the couple years before because I know a lot of people had some frustrations with him uh, throughout the year. But, um, yeah, Pettit, if you – let's just hear what you – let's do um, – I could give some special shout-outs to Amani Hooker. Yeah, Amani – I thought about Amani Hooker. Amani Stepped Hooker. up big time. David Long. David Long. David Long. For sure. Nate Davis. Nate Davis. Dennis Maybe. Kelly. Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly. Really, I mean, when you think about – the entire fan base and the coaches in the front office anointing a guy that's not you to take your spot. And then the guy gets into <laughs> camp and by all accounts, he's just immature, doesn't want to work hard, doesn't know the playbook. And you sit there and you're like, they've drafted this guy to take my spot. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, props to him for sticking with it. I think he was like, he was the COVID rep. Every team in the NFL had one guy who, you know, would attend these COVID meetings a, a, across the league, and then he would come back and report the new rules and make sure they were enforced. And, and uh, apparently he was just, you know, really strict. On I mean, I bet rules. he was great, um, which so, to, to the whole league probably people thought he was terrible at it because <laughs> when we got – we were basically the first team with COVID. Yeah, we were. And people freaked out on us. <laughs> freaked out. And then it would happen later in the year, and it was like nothing. It was a terrible look, though, when we were locked out of our facilities. And we Fair. We practiced at uh, – we practiced at NBA or Innsworth? It NBA. was NBA, yeah. I remember seeing Snapchats of Titans players at NBA. It was so blatant that you had to think, okay, nobody has told them not to do this. Because yeah. this the word is, is out. <laughs> the word is, is out. This is they so were Snapchats of, of – Ten, Titans yeah. players. I got a at snap, NBA. I got a Snapchat from like from my wife, who's a high school teacher, who got it from like a who knows like someone. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, if she has got this Snapchat, like surely it's only a matter of time before the national. Surely, yeah, the up. NFL sees it. Yeah, I think you could also give a little special shout out. I know, technically, it didn't improve, but Ryan Tannehill. Everyone thought he was going to tank this year. They did. All the the national media was like, he's gonna, he's gonna be mediocre at best and then he comes out and he's equally as good well yeah because everyone thought it was you know the year before was a fluke yeah it's like all right well let's see a full year i mean he killed it 
And just for reference, uh, for all you listeners out there, or listener, who knows? Um, <laughs> sure, shout out to John Pettit, Bruin High School alum, Vol man, diehard Titans fan, as you said, might be the biggest advocate for Ryan Tannehill. He loves Ryan Tannehill. I think he had him on all of his, both of your fantasy football teams. I had uh, AJ Brown and Tannehill on both yeah. my teams. There, yeah, Pettit I, is a ride or die. I, Ryan Tannehill I and did, uh, AJ Brown. I mean, rightfully so. All this is rightfully so. Oxen draft spent a lot of money on AJ Brown. <laughs> spent a lot of money on him. But I Tannehill mean, did not spend it. a lot of money and got him late rounds and both and big time. So I have a, I have a hot take on on Tannehill. Um, I think I don't know if I'm ready for this. No, you're gonna like this. In two years, at the end of his contract, we are gonna look back on that contract and based on where some of that new t- TV money is coming in, when the cap gets increased, we are gonna look back on that contract as one of the best contracts in the NFL over the last five years. Now this is two years down the road, so 2023. He plays his last year of the contract at $29 million a year. And some of the quarterback pl- – like Dak just signed, what, $40 million a year? Mahomes is at forty-five. I mean, and I big-time deals. Uh, you know, the national media doesn't want to give him credit. But Tannehill is – I mean, he's a top-ten quarterback. Yeah. Two, two years of leading one of the most prolific offenses in the yeah. NFL. And – You know who's getting paid more than him? Who? Jared Goff. Oh. All right, good, good bit. Congratulations, Detroit Lions. Yeah, um, Ryan yeah, Tannehill. He actually is the the highest uh, cap hit on the team. But and I remember on the way over here, we were I was talking with Pettit about that, um, and I wasn't trying to say that as a bad thing. I was just stating that. But I because I, I agree. I think the the deal is incredible, and I do remember last year a little bit in on the Tom Brady sweepstakes. Kind of wanted him a little bit, but um, just a little bit. And uh, we ended up with Ryan Tannehill. So moving forward, we're gonna go. We're gonna move forward with that. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about next year's schedule. Um, and for and we won't we won't talk long about this. Just kind of do a little brief recap, Robert. Yeah. Before we move on from the superlatives, I got another. I got my favorite touchdown. Favorite touchdown, David Quisenberry. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that one. The feel good that? story. I was kind of feeling like that was the year prior. I think that was the year prior. No, that was this year. Really? Well, Colts whatever game. it was. If it was last year, it's still my favorite touchdown. I think that, that might have been those last you don't year. Know. I think it might have been the year prior, but he did play a lot this year. He did <laughs> Pettit, get some playing time Pettit, this year. Pettit, Pettit feels Pettit, bad. Tell us about Pettit feels bad for, tell us about David for breaking Wilson, that news. Who he is, what he plays. Well, I don't know his full story maybe <laughs> as well as you do. I, I do know he, uh, he fought cancer. I don't know... What type of cancer? You kind of put me on the spot here. I, don't, <laughs> I really don't know. Cancer survivor caught an NFL touchdown. Uh, feel good player. And beautiful he to see. I, bel- I believe I he, he scored the touchdown the year prior, and then this I year think he got right. a lot of playing time. He is currently in. Lawan was out, and he did very well. Or I mean, he did above average. He's currently an eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit. You're right. He caught he caught his first receiving touchdown from Marietta on September 15th in a week two loss to the Indianapolis Colts. So, and uh, scratch that from the record. Maybe we'll cut for, that. For those of y'all, for those of y'all out there, <laughs> we can there, figure out how to cut stuff on this. For those of y'all out there who um, potentially would get on us, I believe it is. And now that he's gone, I don't. I and I've never been one to care, but I believe it is Mariota. For all those Mariota polices out there. 
It's I think it's Mariota. Not, not Mariota. Not Mariota. Hmm. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, the guy didn't know how to throw <laughs> a flat route. So <laughs> his deep ball was atrocious. Yeah. It, oh, we could go. We could go on and on. At least Mariota. it's not like uh, Tarod Taylor. Who went ten years in the NFL with everybody pronouncing his name Tyrod? That's and he true. He's on hard knocks and decides point. to tell, "Hey, by the way, you pronounce it Tyrod." Great point. There was another player like that. I can't remember who it was that just came out like last year. That was a weird name. I can't remember. But does that ring a bell? Was it? Sort of uh, does ring a bell, but Bakar Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm 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 so up and down on Baker Mayfield. I know I'm bringing that up, but playing against him, I hated him. And then after, like before and after, I'm like, gosh, I kind of like him. He's got some great commercials, though. (laughs) The Nacho Cheese Book Club commercial. It's one of my favorites. Not as good as Derrick Henry's commercials. All right, well, let's let's get back to moving forward. And uh, so the schedule next year, for those of you all that don't know, the way the schedule is, and I know there's a – there might be a 17th game added. Um, but I'm going to explain basically the format of schedules each year, excluding that 17th game. Um, so as it is right now, you play your division opponents twice. So that's six games, which are the, sorry, AFC South Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars and Indianapolis Colts. So we play them twice, six games, and then we play a, we play an AFC division and an NFC division each year. The entire so division? The entire division. So the AFC division this year is the AFC East, and that is the New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, and Miami Dolphins. And then you play an NFC division, which this year is the NFC West, which is the Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams. Um, so, and so that covers – 14 games you got two more and those last two games are so we play the AFC East this year the other two divisions left in the AFC the North and the West you play whatever whatever result you were in your division you play the result of those divisions the standings of those divisions so we won the AFC South so we played the first place team from the AFC North and the AFC West which is the Ravens. No, sorry, not the Ravens, the Steelers mm-hmm. and the Chiefs. So, so we got a hard brutal. schedule next year. Tough tough schedule. Brutal. For sure cuz I mean you got you got a healthy 49ers team coming back. You got Seahawks, Rams with Stafford, Jackson Cardinals were facing JJ Watt. Also, for those that uh, are wondering, where did Isaiah Wilson get traded to? The Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins do play us next year. So at Nissan Stadium. At Nissan Stadium. So look out for that one. We have to play J.J. Watt again next year. We do we have to play J.J. Watt next year again. Can't get away from him. Can't get away from him and his uh, frozen lake ice bath. Um, yeah, so that's that's it for the schedule. And we, uh, we'll probably have some fun for the schedule um, later in another episode uh, moving forward for next year. So I just uh, – that brings me to how we're feeling right now. Um, right now, like – like I said and Robert said earlier, March 10th, Wednesday, when we're filming, uh, the tag, the franchise tag, transition tag, all those tags, the deadline was yesterday, and Titans didn't tag anyone. Uh, among the names potentially tagged were going to be Johnny Smith, Corey Davis, or Jayon Brown. Didn't tag anyone. 
Um, so as of right now, they are not uh, – technically, they're still with us, but they will be free agents unless we sign them. And I just want to kind of get y'all's thoughts on how we're feeling right now with we just released Malcolm Butler yesterday. We released Kenny Vaccaro today. We've released other players leading up to this. How are y'all feeling right now? And we're a week away from the new year and free agency. And I just want to, you know, just give me just a quick, maybe, you know, just a quick 30 seconds or so on how you're feeling. I guess for me, I'm, I'm feeling a little uh, down to earth. I'm okay. feeling centered, I guess. I, I'm a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I think our record might not be as good as last year. But I do think maybe overall we're going to be a better team. It's it's kind of hard to look at the team right now and be like, yeah, we're going to be really good. When mm-hmm. We just lost a lot of starters right now with Malcolm Butler, Vaccaro, um, Humphreys. Did we lose someone else? Am I missing somebody? I mean, Jayon, Corey. John who? Jayon, Corey. Corey John yeah. who? Cleef Raymond. <laughs> Cleef Raymond. <laughs> I mean, I think we'll be all right. There's just, it seems he to was be, the long ball guy. It does seem sort of this year compared to last year that we're give me losing a lot more players, whether that's yeah. good or bad. So it's it's I still think we have such a good offense and you know, I, I think it's a pretty determining year for the coaches. Um especially on the defensive side. Don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Don't, Don't get, get me, me started. started. <laughs> no, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so right now I'm I think if I had to put a record prediction I'd say Oh wow, you're giving me a record prediction. Right now. Right now. Okay. With Players we lost and the trust having the coach. Can we lock into this? No, absolutely. Well, I mean, not. we're recording Things this. Change. So. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. I thought you were going to say ten and six. That would certainly be a regression. Yes, but I think Which overall, actually we'll is a, correct. I think we'll be a better team that has a better opportunity to make a play a Super Bowl run. Fair. I because our defense last fair. year. I just. Well, I mean, we did go to the AFC Championship with a nine and seven record. So. Interesting. Robert that proves my point. This is How one of feeling? my favorite times of year mm-hmm. as uh, as an NFL fan is, is the free agency coming up and then the draft because there's after the draft every single team has hope and you can you can spin any narrative to say this is why what we did is a really good thing this is why we're going to be better um, that's so much hope after 2 and 14 3 <laughs> and 13 I'm serious we came out when those first games of the season I was like we're the team of destiny here. Well, you can spin any narrative to say, you know, we're going to be the team this year. And then once the ball snapped that, that first game, most of, you know, four or five teams immediately lose all hope because uh, they realize their team's terrible. But so I will say this. It, for me, it comes down to how much faith you have in John Robinson. All right. And he, we've talked about Isaiah Wilson, we've talked about Corey Davis. Uh, we've talked about Kevin Dodd. He's missed on some big-time players. We, as Titans fans, are not strangers to missing on big-time draft picks. We have been through that um, over and over and over and over through the years. What I am uh, excited what, – what sets John Robinson apart is the fact that he has also hit on not only a few of those top draft picks, but later some now. later draft picks yeah. that we don't usually hit on. So why I'm optimistic about this team is because we have guys like Amani Hooker who are going to fill in for Kenny Vaccaro, who we just released, uh, David Long, who are filling in, who's filling in for Janu or for Jayon Brown, who we, we just released. We don't know yet. Well, you're right. We don't know. 
Uh, JG's a big Jayon guy, so he's really crossing his fingers that Jayon's going to stay. So I would say, you know, I'm not feeling one way or the other. I'm waiting to see what we do. I'm really excited. I hope we maybe restructure some deals. But here's the other thing that we should really we should hit on: the cap, the salary cap, the amount, the most amount of money that the team is allowed to spend with all the players' salaries combined is down to what 182 million it was supposed to be 198 two years ago and then the COVID hit and they had all these fans that couldn't come to the games and so the the revenues are down so it's 182 million it came out last week that's the that's the cap number no it came out today oh it came out 182 and a half 182 and a half yeah we have we're able to roll over about officially seven and a half million from last year so our cap is 190 we're currently sitting at with everybody that we've released. We're currently sitting at one sixty nine and a half. So we've got about what is that? No, we're sitting about one seventy two and a half. So we have, I think we have eight seventeen or eighteen million dollars that we can spend on the open market. Now some of that we well, may, and that's before restructuring. That's before restructuring. Like you're saying, potentially. Potentially, that's before we may release some other players before the deadline. I think the deadline's oh, the twenty fourth for free agency. Um, and there's going to be a lot of team or there's going to be a lot of veterans this year who, you know, you're an $8 million a year guy and you're not the franchise player, but you're also too expensive because the salary cap has decreased. There's going to be a lot of veterans sitting at home and they're not going to have a job. Guys who were kind of bigger names who are going to be sitting at home without a job because of this cap situation on week in week one. Um, so I think everybody's going to be a little bit worse this year than they were last year. So we'll just have to see. I want to see what we do. I, I have faith in Vrabel. I have faith in J-Rob. Uh, I like the moves that we've made. I like – you gotta, you got to give the guy credit. He got out of Isaiah Wilson. You know, clearly was a mistake. He accepted it. He didn't try and continue to push that peg through a square – or a round peg through a square hole. He just said, hey, Dolphins, here you go. So yep. – Long-winded answer to say I'm I'm pretty neutral right now. I want to see what we do. Um, it's off season, man. Your team. Uh, you I'm can, excited. Y- y- your team has a chance to win the Super Bowl in the yeah. off season. <laughs> do you have a record prediction for us? Uh, I'm going to hold off on a record prediction, and I, I want to see what we do. I mean, you got to see what. Uh, there's going to be some quarterbacks moving around this year. Russell Wilson's trying to bully his way out of the Seahawks, like like an NBA guy. JG, I, do you got you got a Russell Wilson take for us? No, I I uh I think I would love for Russell Wilson to make a move. Um not in our division. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe I maybe I just want him to stay put. I think I do. What if they pulled a Russell Wilson for uh Deshaun Watson deal? I would I would not be happy with that. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's just a trade-off, I guess. I don't know. Um yeah, I would say how I'm feeling. Um I don't know. I I think I'm hopeful. Uh, but also a little worried because last year, I think about I think one of the reasons why I'm worried is because last year we made some decisions on moving away from guys who were like gonna getting older and gonna be expensive. Jarrell Casey, Logan Ryan, for example, mm-hmm. we did that basically to get Jadavian Clowney and probably Vic Beasley, you could say, and look how that worked out. Didn't work out well so far. Kenny Vicaro, Malcolm Butler, maybe Corey Davis, maybe Johnny Smith, maybe Jayon Brown. Some of those guys were leaving and were saying bye. 
So my initial thought is I'm hurt from last year. And so I, my, I guess recency bias, you could say, is that I don't know if John, if John Robinson is going to be able to capitalize from letting go of the older guys. Um, and like I said, I mean, I mentioned Malcolm Butler and Jayon Brown as just studs this year, and we're potentially going to move on from them. So I don't know. I'm a, I am a little worried, but I am, I am also hopeful because I think that there were certain things last year that it was almost like an anomaly because it's not like we're not seeing ever a good production from a draft or an offseason. Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, those are free agent pickups. Nate Davis, A.J. Brown, Imani Hooker. Uh, David Long. David Long. Those are draft guys. And so the 2019 draft class is – is solid is great. I mean, we, it, we have gotten big time contribution from them. So I think that you could say that last year is an anomaly, but so there is hope there that with the 2019 and other off seasons, even though there have been suspect draft picks, you're still confident somewhat that it's going to turn out great this off season. But recently, the reason why I'm worried is because last year it didn't. And we're almost kind of doing the same thing where we're saying bye to older guys who's not who are not willing to take less money. Um so yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting and in a, you know a week from now we're going to see a lot. Uh maybe even in a couple weeks from now we might be the kind of uh movers where we're not making the moves right away. But um yeah, so uh I guess now would be let's let's um let's do a little free agent names that we're kind of thinking free agent targets to wrap and and up. with that Robert whenever you're when you're going I want you to you you kind of touched on the cap earlier but maybe give a little bit of perspective with the free agents kind of what it would look like for certain free agents that we could get based on the cap situation well we don't have like I said. We don't have a ton of room, but nobody has a ton of room. So the teams with the most cap space, you got the Jags with seventy-one million. I think the Browns. Do the Browns have a lot? Browns have a ton the Browns are. I, I think, think they were able to roll forward a lot. Yeah. You, well, so at the top three, I don't know where the Browns are, but the top three are the Jags with seventy-one, the Jets with sixty-nine, and the Patriots with sixty-eight. And then the next one is like forty-six. So the Browns are somewhere in that like forty-six to forty range. Um, and what? It's gonna if so real quick. I got I got an Urban Meyer take for us if we if we if you want to hear it. I don't know if you want to hear it. Let's hear second it. Urban Meyer take. Let's hear it. Um, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm going out and I'm signing all these w- veterans who are gonna be sitting at home for a one year deal for like six or seven million dollars with my seventy one million dollars in cap space. I ride out with Trevor Lawrence as my QB and just surround him with and veterans. James Robinson running back. James Robinson is your running back. DJ Chark, receiver. Go sign, like, go sign, you know, uh, Matthew Judon, one year, six million, if he doesn't get picked up. Go sign Aaron Jones, one year, eight million dollars. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, Curtis Samuel, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, there's, you could sign so many of these veterans on one year deals because a lot of them are going to be banking on the cap rising next year and saying, hey, let me get a one year deal now so I can cash in when the, when the, when the, 
when the salary cap rises and get a multi-year deal and lock in 10, 13 million dollars, whatever the case may be. So that's a quick uh, watch out for Bill Belichick and Urban Meyer to yeah, take advantage Bill of Belichick for sure this year, unlike any other year. But for us, like I said, we've got 16 or 17 million dollars in cap space right now. So not a lot of money, but nobody has a lot of money besides those three teams. The Browns may have some to roll over that, that you know they may be the fourth team in there with some extra cash, but the majority of the NFL is struggling right now. You're going to see a lot of veterans released who should be on rosters. Um, some guy, here's some names I'll throw at you. I was a big Allen Robinson guy, always have been. I think he's one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. Still got a chance. Tough. He got tagged. Tough Bears. to break the news oh. to Robert that uh, Allen Robinson was tagged yes. by the Bears. JG tagged or, or broke the news to me. That I today. tagged Allen Robinson <laughs> <laughs> in a game of tag as a kid. How about throw out some names and we'll, we'll tell right, you what we think. Here's a name for you. This uh, is popped around some Tennessee Titans um, Give me a little Shaq. Uh, websites in a little bit. Shaq's a popular name, but here's, here's a guy I'm going to throw at you. Um, Curtis. Samuel. Interesting. Ooh. I've heard I've heard some talk about it. Wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers. Um, speed guy. He's not your big physical 6'4 go get it receiver that Corey Davis was supposed to be. If you're looking okay. for some vultured touchdowns from Derrick Henry, Curtis your Samuel's guy. your guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Christian McCaffrey, it happened to him. Yep. Well, and Mike Davis, but he he's a versatile guy. He's the Khalif Raymond slash Darius Jennings slash Taewon Taylor. Way better. Times 100. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, Christian McCaffrey went down this year. They put him in the backfield, and he had, like, two rushing touchdowns and a passing and a catching touchdown in the same game. Um, I think you could probably get him for less than $10 million a year. He could potentially slide in that Adam Humphreys role. Um and like I said, he could be that deep threat guy. I think he solves a lot of issues for the team that we've been really searching for, that guy who can take the top off the off, off the defense. He's my guy on offense that I think I would star. He seems like a J-Rob guy. Uh, by all accounts, he's a hard worker, good locker room guy. So that's a guy I got my eye on. What about you guys? So my take on uh, Curtis Samuel is that uh, I'm a little hesitant. I'm a hesitant on that position. It's not Curtis Samuel. He's hesitant on the position. I think the Titans have tried. We've tried many times. You know, Taewon Taylor. Hmm. I argue. I mean, Humphreys, Dexter McCluster, even. Oh, they've just been. Uh, I mean, you could you could name guys for days on how many guys we've tried and failed and. Kendall are argu- Wright. arguably Kendall ruined. Wright. We've arguably ruined a couple players. But too. are they Curtis Samuel? No, they aren't. They aren't. <laughs> but Dexter McCluster was the closest thing to and Humphreys to that position, and they did not pan out. Well, Kendall, you could argue Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. Yeah. He was close. He Curtis was Samuel. Everyone loves the term Swiss Army knife. You know, Taysom Hill yes. and all that. And I, I, I'm not saying he won't t- pan out. This is, seems to be a new Titans. This is the offense. That everyone, is good everybody point. eats on the offense for this Titans team. So who's so? But. We're losing three of our top five weapons, so we. Are you need saying Humphreys is a top five weapon? I think when healthy, he's well, yeah, a top five I, yeah, okay, yeah, I definitely see it. I just, I think that's definitely recent. We absolutely have a need for a new weapon on offense. For but sure, I'm not saying. 
I'm not all in on Kerr Samuel, and it's more just his position than anything just because we have failed so many times at that okay. incorporating guy like that. So, Curtis Samuel, is there a, another free agent you're thinking? At the moment, I think we'll dive more into that in the next episode. Uh, with, I think we're going to talk only about free agency basically for the next episode. Yeah, and guys, d- we, we need do a free agency deep dive. So I think you should still give a little – Give a I'll, little, I'll, uh, I'll give a free a name. Give a little <laughs> preview. I'll give a little teaser on a free agent that I want. Um, it's not. It's not on offense. I think uh, it's hard not to want Shaq Barrett. It's hard not to, especially with the Bucks tagging Chris, yeah. Chris Godwin last this week and signing Levante David. Yeah, but with that, he was stellar. They worked something out with voiding the contract to where there's only it's only like a three and a half million dollar cap hit or something. So that kind of scares me. But keep going. No, I mean, that's kind of what I had to say. I mean, it's it's hard not to want him. He's a guy that we could really use. He did so well at the Bucks. I think they had arguably the best linebackers. Their defense in general, I mean, you guys saw them how they shut down the Chiefs. It won them the Super Bowl. Yeah. They've been one of the best defenses in a long time. So it's hard not to want a guy from that team, especially when we're in dire need of his position. So that's my that's my personal favorite. I think we could try and go after him. And real quick on that, the Bucks after tagging Chris Godwin and signing oh. Levante David are two point eight million dollars over the cap. Oh so wow! Okay, have to do some finagling to. Uh, I did not know that. I thought they were. I thought they still had some space. Because when I, when I saw they tagged Chris Godwin, and then they signed Levante David, I I immediately, I shot up Shaquille Barrett in my. Hot board, I guess. Who's number one on your hot board? Okay. Never heard of a hot board, but I want to know who's number one on it. Ooh, hot board, <laughs> cold boards. JG's hot board <laughs> on Primetime Titans. Number one. I Okay, like I said, Shaq Barrett went up there. Before that, and this is just, I don't know. It, it is a, it is a rusher. That. It was, was it Griffin? No, it is a rusher. <laughs> Call me crazy. Carl Lawson from the Bengals. And I know Robert was going to like that because he's a former Auburn Tiger. I remember him going through the recruiting process. Um, Maybe not the biggest splash in terms of always getting the sacks and all. I just, I don't know. He's a beast. I feel like he could, he could contribute. Um, So yeah, I, other than Shaq Barrett, I'm putting Carl Lawson there. I would, you, you know, a name that I would have number one, if it weren't for a late season injury, is Bud Dupree. Mm. Um, but I, and See, to be fair, agent. Uh, they didn't tag him, so he is. Uh, and Bud Dupree tore his ACL late in the year, and I know we had someone like you know Jeffrey Simmons came back uh, earlier than I guess originally planned with a torn ACL. Taylor Lewan is coming off a torn ACL. People nowadays, people would do it. People can do it, but I'm just saying, you know, he would have been higher if it weren't for that injury. Next episode, we're going to do a, like I said, a, a deep dive into deep free agency. Dive. We're going to talk about and more stuff these, is going to happen. Yeah, more stuff will happen. It seems like uh, I was listening to uh, Peter Schrager, a, a very plugged in NFL. Good morning football. Good morning football, NFL agent kind of guy, saying there's going to be kind of a trickle down this year. It's not going to be free agency opens up and boom, you've got. 15, 20 guys all signing deals right away because a lot of these GMs, they're trying to figure out – they've got a lot you – know, they're trying to figure out what their their 
new cap structure is going to look like, what players are willing to renegotiate their deals. There's going to be some some longer processes in place here that this could be more of a trickle-down effect. So some of this stuff might take a little bit longer to iron out for some of these teams. But uh, stay tuned for the next episode when we do a free agency deep dive for our, our beloved Titans. Pettit, do you have a final word? Thank you for listening to Primetime Titans. And yeah, that is, that's it for uh, Primetime Titans, our inaugural episode. Uh, we are all really excited, and we just want to talk about the Titans. Uh, we think that it could be a fun time talking about it, and we think that it could be a fun time listening to us. So uh, that's Primetime Titans. I'm John. I'm John. I'm Robert. Thank you all.